You are listening to African Perspectives with host Brother Oshi on Time for an Awakening Media, part of the Black Talk Radio Network. For podcasting or live program scheduling, hit them up at timeforanawakening at gmail.com. Take 
listening to African Perspectives, where we review the issues of our day from an African worldview and African-centered perspective. This program is unapologetically African. It is a custom in the African tradition to ask elders for permission to speak, having been granted permission. To our ancestors, whose shoulders we stand on, to our elders, whose shadows we walk in, I greet you, my dear brothers and sisters. In the language of one of the greatest civilizations on this planet, it gave the world the basic disciplines of knowledge of science, math, architecture, music, writing, law, religion, you name it, we did it. The Greeks called it Egypt, but they called themselves Kemet, and Kemet means land of the blacks. I greet you all in the Kemetic language, the word of peace, Hotep. It is truly an honor and a privilege to pour libation because we truly do stand on the shoulders of those who came before us. We're going to use water because water has no enemies. Water is the great cleanser, the great purifier. Everything on the planet that lives, it needs water from a tiny microscopic organism to a tall redwood tree. We pour water into the earth to invoke the spirits of our ancestors, and we say the word ashe. It simply means, so be it. So we pour this libation to God for all that God has done, and for all that God will do. We sashay. We pour this libation to Mother Africa, birthplace of all humanity. Everyone who has lived, everyone who will live in the future, we all have a common ancestral root in Africa. We pour this libation to the classical civilizations of Africa. I mentioned Kemet in the opening. Kemet was the height, the apex, the zenith of African high culture. But there were others as well, as Tymeri, Pont, and Nubia. So we poured us libation to the classical civilizations of Africa. We say, Ashe. 
report its libation to the contemporary civilizations of Africa, of Ghana, Mali, Zangai, Benin, Great Zimbabwe, civilizations that were flourishing and growing while Europe was in a medieval or dark age. The University of Sankare at Timbuktu, an outstanding educational institution. So he poured us libation to the contemporary civilizations of Africa. We say, Ashe? We poured us libation to the Ma'afa, the Holocaust of our enslavement, the Infakani, the great tragedy, uprooted out of Africa. Our brothers and sisters lay a carpet along the Atlantic Ocean. We're in North America, South America, Central America, and throughout the diaspora. So he poured us libation to our brothers and sisters who suffered the Ma'afa, the Infakani, the Holocaust of our enslavement, the great tragedy. We poured us libation in their honor and in their memory. We do not know their names, but because of them and their sacrifice, we are here. So we sashay. We poured us libation to those who fought against enslavement. If you ever heard me do a libation, you will know that we were not slaves. I repeat, we were not slaves. We were captives. What does a captive want to do? Get free. So we poured us libation to all those men and women who fought against enslavement. In fact, I maintain that some of us are more of a slave today than we were in our initial captivity because some of us are a slave to vice, to corruption, to drugs, sex, and violence. So we poured us libation to those who fought against enslavement. Gabriel Prosser, Nat Turner, Denmark Vesey, Harriet Tutman. We always resisted, and we will always resist. So we poured us libation in the name and the honor of those men and women who fought against our captivity. We poured us libation to those unborn, those young men and women who will once again lead us back on the stage of human history as a free and proud and productive people. We sashay. We poured us libation to brotherhood and sisterhood together for the union of family. We need each other. We don't have good family life. There's a saying, conditions shape conduct and consciousness. The conditions in our community are bad. The conduct towards each other is not good. Because why? We lack consciousness. And consciousness is more than just awareness. Consciousness is a deeper understanding of who you are historically, who you are culturally. So once we begin to understand the importance of brotherhood and sisterhood together for the union of family. Brothers and sisters, let us all say, Ashe, Ashe. You are listening to Time for an Awakening Media, part of the Black Talk Radio Network. For podcasts or live programming, hit them up at timeforanawakening.com. Good morning, African world. You are listening to African Perspectives here on the Motherland Media Network on timeforanawakening.com and blacktalkradionetwork.com and I, I'm your host, Baba Oshi. Hotel family. Hope everything is well with you today. Hope you're going to have a good day today and, of course, a good weekend and get the chance to do all the things you want to do, should do, must do, can do, and will do. And hoping, too, the weather will be accommodating for you to do it. But, of course, if it is not and it has to get done, it must get done, it will get done because you will do it. That's why we have a lot of appreciation for you and respect and love. You don't procrastinate. You get it done. That's right. 
This is African Perspectives. We're here every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m., 10 to 12 Central, 9 to 11 Mountain, 8 to 10 Pacific, or any other time around the world. But if you cannot listen to this program live, you can go to our archives at timeforanawakening.com. At the top of the page, you'll see podcast. Click on that to drop down. You'll see African Perspectives. Click on that, and there will be programs that are dated and titled. Also, too, if you want to use the shortcut, that's right. You can just go to the search engine of, of your choice. Firefox, Internet Explorer, Google Chrome, Time for an Awakening. Put in babaoshi.net. B-A-B-A-O-S-H-I.net. Babaoshi.net. And once again, programs that are dated and titled for your information and whatever. <laughs> this is African Perspectives. And have a good day today. Other programming we have here on African Perspectives. <laughs> this program and time and time for an awakening. Tonight, time for an awakening, 8 p.m. with Brother Elliot and Brother Richard tonight at 8 p.m. And then again on Sunday at 7 p.m. with Brother Elliot and Brother Richard, time for an awakening. And the number to call is 215-490-9832, 215-490-9832. And um, myself and Brother Kwaku and hopefully a couple others will be in Jackson, Mississippi. I'll play the drop commercial later um, for the um, the Black Power Conference. They don't, they don't really call it Black Power. They call it um, a, uh, <coughs> I'm sorry, family. What did I do with that? Where that at? <laughs> I'll I'll get it. It's but um also too, you know, we we're gonna definitely try to support Brother Patrick Lumumba and his efforts and what they're doing in Jackson, Mississippi. Other programming we have here on Time for an Awakening, We Buy Black. We Buy Black, the largest online marketplace for American African owned businesses, is we buy black got is webuyblack.com. Get everything you need from American African-owned businesses. Webuyblack.com. Brothers and sisters, please, if we don't support one another, who will support us? You know the situation. So please check out webuyblack.com. Africa for the Africans. Africa for the Africans, Brother Mamani Tayemba, will be taking a group of our people back to the motherland. And uh, don't tell me I did something stupid. I did. <laughs> I did. <laughs> I hate that. I hate that. Damn it. Okay. Well, we erased them. And so I'm just going to go off of what I have here and just best of my ability to move through this. Because we, we do have a guest today, and Dr. Uwe. She is with the Pan-African Federalist Movement. And, of course, we haven't talked to brothers and sisters from the Pan-African Federalist Movement in a few weeks. And so I'm looking forward to our conversation with them and other information that we're going to give out today. Because, you know, Monday is 9-11. That's right. Monday is 9-11, our annual 9-11 program, talking about how 9-11 is an inside. I don't know. I mean, I might title it the inside job. 
I think I've done that before, so might be another title I might give. But the bottom line is, is you know, 9-11 is, it, 9-11 did not happen. And, 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 and of course, the, the government of this country, even though I've seen a piece today uh, from the um, Popular Mechanics, editor of Popular Mechanics magazine, and I've seen this a long time ago. Oh, shucks. I, I would venture to say about 15 years ago because Popular Mechanics, um, they substantiated everything that the government put out in terms of how these things could have happened. You know, and I'm saying no. No. In fact, there was one brother who was a New York City firefighter, retired. You don't need, and he, I, I caught him on YouTube and played him many years ago. You can't even find him. He's not on there today. A lot of things are restricted. So, but I'll, that's more on that on Monday. So, uh, please check 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 us out on Monday for the annual 9/11 is an inside job. Yeah. So, Africa for the Africans for Brother Lamani Tahimba. He has um, he's ready to take a group of our people back to the motherland. I don't have the um, trips he's going to make. But I'll have those on Monday. Maybe not Monday, maybe Tuesday, Wednesday. Because I know next Friday I'll be in Jackson, Mississippi, family. Me and Brother Quake will be in Jackson, Mississippi. But AfricanForTheAfricans.org. Check him out. Brother Lamani Atayimba, if you want to see pictures of previous tours, go to Facebook.com. Facebook.com forward slash Bamani. If you want to see videos, go to YouTube.com forward slash Bamani 2007. Habasha, habashaincorporated.org. Habasha stands for helping Africans by establishing schools at home and abroad. And um, of course, they have the Kashi project that was unveiled last October. Beautiful buildings and chalets there and doing great things in Ghana, the Kashi project. And of course, what they're doing here locally with the sustainable growing. Um, avenues that they got and so the, the uh, Howashaw Incorporated.org outstanding work doing great work yeah. uh, the Ledge Group Ledge Land for the Environmental Development for Group Economics and uh, I got to get a hold of Brother Nkozi I got to I got to get his number get a, get a hold of Brother Nkozi talk with him because I can't seem to get a hold of Brother Peter Brown because I want to get the Ledge Group back on and especially would love to have the Ledge group or that group talk with Brother Moses West. Brother Moses West Conte. I think that's just like a, a logical hookup. Ledge, Land for the Environmental Development for Group Economics. Abibi Atumi, dot com. Uh, brothers and sisters, go to the website com. They have a lot of good stuff going on. com. Smy Pharmacy, and that's of course with Brother Jabril at Smy Pharmacy, and uh, go to smypharmacy.org, smypharmacy.org, and the Moses West Foundation. I'll be talking with um, Brother Apollo to see how we can get the Moses West Foundation. Of course, the work that they're doing in Jackson, Mississippi. I'll be checking that out. Talking with some people on the ground there. Um, so I'm looking forward to 
being in Jackson next week and looking forward to giving a report when I get back of the proceedings. Uh, and so, all right. Uh, where am I at? See, I'm discombobulated, family. <laughs> I'm discombobulated. That stuff can throw you off. Wadada's Healthy Market and Juice Bar located on the West End and Wadada's Healthy Market and Juice Bar. Um, it's causing me to do a number of things at one time, you know. This is causing me to do a number of things at one time. Yep. But you know, even at that, you know, we, we're, we're still going to, we're still going to be able to have this show happen. You know? Yep. Yeah, we're still going to make this show happen because that's what we do, you know, uh, being a firefighter. And that's one reason why I feel qualified to talk about uh, the situation at 9-11 because I was a firefighter for over 30 years, you know. And so anyway, the the thing, a good model for firefighters have always been um, adapt, you know, overcome, improvise, overcome, and adapt. Improvise, overcome, and adapt. And so when things are thrown at you like this, you just, you know, adapt. Yeah. Wadada's Healthy Market and Juice Bar. Uh, Saturday and Sunday, Wadada's has, um, Wadada's have vegan dishes for sale at Wadada's. They're located right there on Ralph David Abernathy, 878 Ralph David Abernathy Boulevard. The phone number is 404-444-1635. It's right across the street from the Soul Vegetarian, up the street from the Shrine of the Black Madonna, right in that area, uh, West End, West End Mall, and Abernathy and Lee Street, over there, which, of course, is going to be gentrified. <laughs> yes, it is. The Medu Bookstore in the Greenbrier Mall, Mama Nia is uh, doing great work, brothers and sisters. She has the many times she's had uh, book reviews, speakers, and so forth. So give her a call. See if she has the book that you're looking for at 404-346-3263. 404-346-3263. The Medu Bookstore in the Green Bar Mall. The other bookstore we promote is the Black Dot Cultural Center Bookstore and Coffee Bar in Lithonia that is east of here off of I-20. Go on I-20, go east, and um, exit 74, make a right. Excuse me. Exit 74, make a left. Now you're going north. About a mile on the left will be the Black Dot Cultural Center and Bookstore and Coffee Bar, Brother Gazende Ajamu, where they serve delicious Cameroon boil. He's got the red, black, and green shoes. And if he doesn't have the book that you're looking for, he'll get it as well. His number is 770-305-6373. 770-305-6373. The Black Dot Cultural Center and Bookstore and Coffee Bar. There is light in the Black Dot. Now, jump back on Main Street in, in Lithonia there and head south. Make a left. Now you're heading east again. The next exit is exit 75, Turner Hill Road. Take that exit, make a right. Three lights, make another right. And on the left will be the new 
Black Wall Street Market, the new Black Wall Street Market. And uh, um, Mama Nabantu's Collard Green Festival, they'll be doing some things there. She's going to be utilizing the new Black Wall Street Market, which is cool, the new Black Wall Street Market. Us Lifting Us, the Economic Development Cooperative for Our People, they had their Thursday night broadcast last night, 9 p.m. to 10 p.m. every Thursday night on Blog Talk Radio. That's blogtalkradio.com forward slash ULU, Us Lifting Us, every Thursday night. Also, too, the number to call if you want to call and listen or to give questions, comments, or concerns is 929-477-2789. 929-477-2789. Also, too, I always give a shout-out on Friday for my brother's program uh, from 4 to 6 p.m. on Blog Talk Radio. Disaster Awareness for Community Preparedness. My good brother, Yusuf Muhammad. The program is from 4 to 6 Eastern Time, and the number to call is 563-999-3089-563-999-3089. Disaster Awareness for Community Preparedness. Homeland Village and Cultural Gift Shop located in Macon, Georgia. Brother Beejan's got it going on, the family. Homeland Village and Cultural Gift Shop in Macon, Georgia. Open from Tuesdays through Sunday, 11 a.m. to 8 p.m. Give them a call at 478 478- Two five six one one six six four seven eight two five six one one six six Homeland Village and Cultural Gift Shop in Macon, Georgia. Sun got a sense. Your one stop natural shop located forty one forty Jonesboro Road in Forest Park, Georgia, inside the International Discount Mall, booth two twenty five. Give my good sister Shelly Amonset a call at four zero four four three four seven nine six three. That's four zero four four three four seven nine six three. Sun got a sense. Your one-stop natural shop. Sanjay-Haiti.org. Sister Gabriella Aurelia has been doing beautiful work with our children in the northeastern portion of the island of Haiti, up in the hills. As you know, Haiti has no way that they can help fund the programs that Sanjay-Haiti and what they're doing in the northeastern portion. They rely on people like you and me to give them the support that they desperately need. Go online to Sanjay, S-O-N-J-E, dash, Haiti, A-Y-I-T-I, dot org, and see for yourself the beautiful work that uh, is being done for those young brothers and sisters. Sanjay, dash, Haiti, dot org. Baba Baruti and Mama Yah of Ackerman Institute. Uh, of course, the, the, the uh, school is happening. Man, I just got rid of a whole bunch of stuff. I am so mad. One one click, too damn many. Shucks. You know? So now I got to try to find this stuff. Uh, Yeah. If if I'm not going on a break and then if I can find it, I will. But if not, so be it. But, you know, once again, what you do is um, <laughs> improvise, adapt, and overcome. <laughs> so, because uh, I, I want to play the commercial and uh, talk about what's happening in Mississippi next week. Also, too, the reparations conference that's coming up as well. Man, oh, she very angry about that fa- family. Very. 
clicked and I thought that was it and I clicked it again and I erased it. that in, into the thing of shit happens. <laughs> I hate it when it does, but it does. All right, family, then we'll go to the Inye Sesim, and then we'll get to our guest, Sister U Dr. Uwe of the Pan-African Federalist Movement. So, and a uh, few people on the line, and we'll ask them to uh, hang in there. Appreciate it. Right. September 7th. This is the Inya Sassim of Daily Revolutionary Thought. This is uh, Baba Rood. He puts this out. There's two volumes. This is the first volume. I read this a few years ago, and so it's, there's, no, there's no year on him, so it's just month and date continuously, so it's outstanding. <laughs> September 7th. Education for struggle has a consciousness-raising function for African people. Education for struggle has a consciousness-raising function for African people. This facet of education tells us who we are, who the enemy is, what he is doing to us, when to fight, when to stop fighting, what to struggle for, and what from that struggle we must take. Janice Hale. We have been instructed to create priesthoods formed from collections of our children who have been placed under our knowledgeable, direct tutelage so they can be the best trained to do what African people need to do to return to power. We have been told to watch our children and see what characteristics and talents they naturally have so we will know what to do with each of them individually training them. We especially need warriors. We need warriors. So first, we have to identify those personality traits which have been of, of a high tendency to produce the righteous warrior spirit in adulthood. There are several we must consider in this search. We must look at those children who will fight regardless of opponent to correct wrong or to stop abuse and not just for self or things. We must also look for those who can work alone without being lonely or antisocial. These children must also be accepting of and able to handle the kind of struggle that strains the mind and emotions. And equally important, we must examine what we know of our youth to find those who are able to keep what should be kept a secret, not to tell secrets. This is the start to re our return to power. This is the start to our return to power. We train them. Ashay. Affirm, I am building a priesthood of warriors. Affirm, I am building a priesthood of warriors. September 8th. The real servant of the people must live with them, think with them, feel for them, and die for them. Dr. Carter Godwin Woodson, Dr. Carter G. Woodson. Arrogance is a quality found in those who believe they are naturally superior to others. In the mind of the arrogant, they have no equal. They may be individuals who can, better, who can be better than them. They happen to not be at their, when they, when they happen to be not be at their best. 
but their paranoia and egotism lead them to feel that they have no true rivals. Arrogance is an attitude taken by individuals and people who raise as the result of belittling and destroying others and define the effect of that lessening and negation of those others has the greatest evidence of their superiority. It is a bullying mentality. Arrogance is highly offensive vice. It's a highly offensive vice. So not being arrogant should be an integral part of the character of African warriors. Humility expressed first toward one's own people and then others as they earn it is the warrior's way. However, recognizing that this is not a traditional African society, family, this is not a traditional African society, and the tenets of that time and place do not unqualifyingly apply within this cultural context. The measure of the quality of an African character cannot be of how altruistically one treats a stranger, but how well one treats those among his or her own people who deserve his heightened level of respect. In this anti-African, highly disrespectful, predatory prey cultural context, humility for strangers must come only as they have been earned. Only as they earn it. Affirm, I am a real servant of our people. Affirm, I am a real servant of our people, Ashe. September 9th. The best way to boycott is to build your own. Chuck D. Public enemy. Chuck D. The best way to boycott is your own. Stop teaching our children about what Europeans did to us. They are still doing it. Either lesson is insufficient without the other. It is only when our children have a complete understanding from first contact to date that they realize what they have to do like everyone else, not in awe of Europeans' disingenuousness. No other people beg for inclusion. They build their own and then from a position of power demand whatever it is that they want from the collective global pot. Even if what gains are sought are won, boycotting without having our own is only a temporary solution because we have not altered the relationship of power. And remember, power is the ability to define reality. Power is not money. Power is not education information. Power is not politics. Power showing the hell ain't voting. Power is the ability to define reality. We must shape reality in our own image and in our own interest. That's power. Even if we, even if what gains are sought are won, boycotting without having our own is only a temporary solution because we have not altered the relationship of power. We have not changed who has the power to decide what we can and cannot do or have. Where is, where is the, the threat is a disunified front. Why? would others fear a monetary financial loss from those dependent on them for all their goods. All they need to do is adjust the prices after the dispute over and then recoup the losses. 
How does it hurt a family of merchandise dealers if one son is given an economic advantage because another is no longer patronized? They still win. The benefits still accrue to that family. Successfully boycotting others does not give us power. It only gives us access to what someone else's to what someone else's owns. Boycotting is only an exercise of power when it incites those in rebellion to build even better for themselves what they are denied and to keep it completely under their control. Affirm, I'm building our own. Affirm, I'm building our own. Brothers and sisters, to Inya Sassim of Daily Revolutionary Thought. Ah. I hope this is our guest, Dr. Uwe. Hello. Hello. Good morning. How are you today? I am well. Thank you. Well, I'm I'm still breathing. That's good. (laughs) That's a good thing. (laughs) Let's continue to do that. Yes. Now, now talk to us about what's happening with the Pan-African Federalist Movement. Also talk to us about what's happening on the continent as you see things and some of the moves that are being made with Niger and Gabon and others, because one of the things that I see and, and I'm happy about is that, you know, we're telling the colonizers, we done with your ass. Give us our stuff back and you owe us, you know, especially the <laughs> French, especially the French. So, Well, um, first of all, let me thank you very much for your warm welcome, and I'm certainly very honored to be here. Thank you. I would, like to, I would like to start my discussion with an African proverb that reminds us that when you pick up a centipede and it stings you, and you keep doing that, keep picking it up, it will continue to sting you. It is up to you not to keep doing that. This is what's happening to Africa. The centipede has been all the nations outside the continent that have been stifling Africa's capacity to progress, despite its immense wealth. Now, we are being told that it's very important to have democracy, but the important thing about democracy, the way it's practiced here, is that if, if I may say that, if it's practiced here, the way it's practiced in Africa is not democracy. It's been the focus for them to, to create this uh, a system for us. However, the democratic system in which the power of the state cannot assist the people to gain power, assist the people economically, politically, that is not democracy. There is a gentleman, uh, a Nigerian journalist, who has made it very clear to us, the Nigerians, wherever we are, is that we need to work out and build an African democracy ourselves, just as Europeans and their North American uh, uh, cousins have established Western democracy. And the Chinese can have conceptualized the democracy on socialism with Chinese characteristics. What Africa has failed to do is to establish its own definition of democracy. Our democracy is focused on Eurocentric patterns and systems. Now, I mean, I just want to refer you to uh, uh, what we call peerism, 
which is an age group system of governance uh, that served our ancestors before. Now, I'm going to take my village, for instance. There's something called age group system of governance. And it was illustrated by Hankel Konyoha, whereby the leadership is shared by an age grade for a period of four years. And then after that, another age grade comes in and picks up from where the prior age grade left off. The emphasis is not on power. It's not on exploitation, but leaving a legacy for the group that's coming after you to emulate. It is an embarrassment for your age group to have led the community, the society, if you will, and somebody has to come and clean up after your mess. So it becomes competitive where every age grade wants to do as well or better than the one before it. What this so-called democracy has done in Africa has been to make unscrupulous leaders wealthy mm -hmm. beyond measure. Mm -hmm. These leaders are puppets. Mm -hmm. Why they turn their backs as the wealth of the nature, nation is plundered, taken outside of the country. The people are well, the, the, the continent is wealthy, but the people are poor. What is going on in Africa now is that the people are taking matters into their own hands to reclaim their countries, to reclaim their wealth through revolutions in the form of coups. Now, we should not forget what John Kennedy said. Those who make peaceful revolutions impossible will make violent revolutions inevitable. I follow Dr. Arikana, you know her. Yes, I know. Uh, she yes. Bori, she okay, Bori, the yes. former ambassador mm -hmm, yes. to the African Union. Mm -hmm. She has said it best. And I love what she said because I mirror exactly how many of us feel. Mm -hmm. Once you have the majority of people <clears throat> feeling that the system is not working for them, then that system is in trouble. It's no longer a democracy because it's not, not serving the people. People have to feel it. People have to feel good of the governance for them to embrace it. So you can't just tell them about democracy and expect them to eat it and drink it and believe in it if it doesn't serve them. But, you know, one of the things that uh, the doctor had talked about, Arikana, was the fact that we talk about coups, but we talk about the coups that the Africans are engaged in to right the wrongs that's happening to them. That is not to say that every African uh, military coup is they're all successful. But you have to ask yourself, why is it happening? There are other coups that are happening in Africa. When you have France, as she has indicated, forcing Niger to send all of its resources to France, is that not a coup against the people? When a Nigerian soldiers can only be trained by France, mm -hmm. that's a coup against the people. You have 50% of the reserves of, uh, 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 of uh, Nigerian mineral uh, resources going to France. Mm -hmm. The question that she's asking and we're all asking, if we are so excited about the fact that Niger has had a coup. What about all these other coups? What is the African Union or the ECOWAS? What are they doing about that? This is not just something that's just happened. There's a reason for it. Are we addressing the reason for it? We say in African culture, 
in an evil language. That means cure the wound on your leg and the flies will go away. Mm. What mm. we keep doing is looking at the symptoms, the coups and all of that, but we don't look at the underlying reasons why these coups are happening. Mm. What our leaders should be doing is asking, why are we having these explosion of coups? What is the essence behind it? What is the reason behind it? Make no mistake about it. These schools that the Europeans are doing are going on, uh, we're not being answered by the uh, African Union, by the ECOWAS. Now, all of a sudden, the ECOWAS have woken up with a coup in Niger. And what is their solution? They didn't ask what is causing this, the coup. Instead, they say, we have to go and kill them over there. We have to go and right the wrong. What is the wrong? We have to re, re, reestablish uh, 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 democracy. But why did the coup happen? The president of uh, Niger was a puppet when all is said and done. The people are poor. This is not, the relationship with uh, France is not as equitable. And the good thing about what's happening in Africa is the young people. Yes. The young people yes. have woken up. Yes. It's their future they're fighting for. Mm -hmm. And so they're not, they're less likely. Now, if you have these old uh, puppets, they're willing to do whatever, to keep their positions and keep their money and all of that, what they loot. But the young people are more inclined to think about the future of the nation, their future, the future of young people like them. There are coups going on every day. I know I'm Nigerian. I see it. Millions of children are right now, my organization, we are feeding uh, the internally displaced camps. There's so many IDPS camps throughout Africa, millions and millions of young people, children dying in camps for starvation, going to bed hungry. Who's talking about that? They're not talking about that. Who is talking about the fact that if you look at throughout Africa, the youth, many of them are unemployed, unemployed. What about that? Who's talking about that? Women dying during childbirth. I visited Nairobi, Kenya, and went to one of the hospitals to see women laying on the floor, giving birth to babies, no care. Babies dying, mothers dying. Who's talking about that? That is not the condition in France. Everything is going well for them using the resources of the Africans, of Niger, and the, 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 Frank, uh, 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 the Franco-speaking countries. That's mainly where all these schools are happening. So it, it tells you what's ha what France is doing in Africa. Mm -hmm. It's about leadership. It's about people wanting good leaders who will be creating a better life for their people. It is important to know what is the AU going to do about it? What is the uh, 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 ECOWAS going to do about it? I even as we talk about the Pan-African Federalist Movement, okay, what are we going to do about that? It's not enough to talk about the good things we're going to do. How exactly are we going to make it happen? Mm. It's good that we have the Pan-African Federalist Movement because it's thinking in terms of the whole of Africa coming together. Yes. Harnessing their, 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 their wealth. 
working together to make that happen. That is what's exciting about that. But then I have a concern, a grave concern about what's going on now. The fact that, you know, okay, so we're pushing France away. They deserve that, I would say. But who's coming in? Right. You've got China now. Mm-hmm. Now you've got Russia. From frying pan to fire, as far as I'm concerned, there's no reason why African people cannot coordinate the good of Africa without reaching out to these people who, when, when all is said and done, they're going to do the same thing. Right. That's that. That, that, that's the centipede I was talking about. Mm-hmm. The centipede keeps you. It keeps you. It will do it again. Yeah. It, it, it's a, but what they're doing in Africa, proxy war, they're trying to set up a proxy war in Africa. Who's going to play? It's recolonization again. It may, they may be dangling all the silver and gold in front of us. And we're, we're back. Now we say, come on in. We're going to work with you. Look, Here's the bottom line. Africa's got the resources. Yes. They want our resources. Exactly. Then we've got the responsibility to renegotiate the relationship. It cannot continue the way it's going. It just cannot. And I am I, I'm not for coups. Let, 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 let me get that clear. Because I have no guarantee that the people who are succeeding with these coups are going to make better leaders. But what I'm concerned about is why they're doing it. There's a reason for it. Why they're doing it is what we should be looking at. Any any leaders coming into Africa to make a difference, it's not about your economic opulence that you may introduce. It's not about the technological know-how that you may introduce. It is about what is best for the people. The common man. Those who have nothing, don't introduce something only the wealthy can benefit from. It's time for Africans to be taken care of. And when I say Africans, I mean from grassroots. Right. It cannot continue. And that's what I think that's, so, that's what has to happen. Um, the strength, the potential of that Pan-African Federalist movement to galvanize and to solidify African leadership on the continent it doesn't make any difference because it's not about Cameroon, Nigeria, Ghana, uh, Tanzania, whatever. It's about Africa. It's Africa. about Africa. Because because right. those who are outside of Africa give less than a rat's ass about what you are. All they know is you black, mm-hmm. you African, mm-hmm. and you got land and you got resources and they want to take it. And so, it. and so we come together. I mean, yes, I I think the respect that we should have for each group should always be there. But the most important thing is that we're Africans and we come together, we work together because those who are outside of us want to colonize us. Those who are outside of us want to take our resources. I don't know, uh, doctor, if you ever heard, uh, if you go on YouTube and hear this Caucasian named Howard Nicholas, I don't know if you've ever heard him. Caucasian Mm -hmm. named Howard, you have? Yes. Yeah. The gentleman talking about why they're coming to Africa. They want our resources and they're right. going to keep Africa poor. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, okay. Yes. Mm-hmm. That, mm-hmm. I mean, I, and I've seen it and I played it on this program a number of times. And, and every time I, I, I just see, I just want to jump through there and just, just smack it, you know. <laughs> I tell you, he's so arrogant. But 
But the reality is that's what their modus operandi, that's what they are doing. That's what they're that's doing. Right. You know? That's right. And yet, you know, because we're not unified, all of the things that are happening to Africa, I don't give a damn what they say about 54 sovereign countries. We don't have no damn 54 sovereign countries. Well, you no. Don't. No. You don't. We don't. You know, I, the, the reason why, the reason why that we have so many African countries is quite frankly, they are divisions of the different colonialists. Okay? Well, they, they do the map. Down to, they, 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 the, colonizers, the colonizers drew the map at the Berlin Conference. So when you look at a map of Africa, a political map, and you see all those boundaries, we didn't do that. We didn't do that. We didn't do that. I remember, I, I tell you, I'm from uh, um, um, uh, Abia State, okay? And in my village, we, we, many of us, many of our people traveled from Abia State to uh, Cameroon to uh, 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 to the uh, to Western Nigeria, we just you know we 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 just we didn't have boundaries. In other words, we didn't have boundaries. We just moved around Africa. There was no boundaries. But when they put these boundaries, what it does though is it creates a block, a roadblock for us to even work with each other, for us to even trade with each other. It is more. It, it, it's something. In some cases, it's easier for me to come to the United States than to even go to to Gabon. Mm. Just to travel from Nigeria to another African country, so much red tape. And that's done on purpose. That's done on purpose. Now, now the, the European Union, you can, you, if you have an American passport, you can go to anywhere in Europe. Yes. But you can't do that in Africa. I'm from the African continent. That's why, anyway, they, they, they created the ECOWAS passports, okay? The one that you can travel around West Africa. But we're going to go beyond that. I should be able to go to anywhere in Africa. And African-Americans should be able to do that as well. Yes. Yes. But we will allow the, the, the French, the British, everybody can come to Africa, quite frankly, without a visa. But not the Africans. So all these things are put in place to keep us poor, to keep us dis, uh, disconnected, and make us quite easily vulnerable to foreign interests, all right? So if, you, if we could just, like you said earlier, if we could just not be different countries and be one united Africa, we are better able to have a bigger economy, bigger population. And if we had one particular uh, uh, um, currency, now, I don't know how feasible that is, but it's certainly something to look at. No doubt. And it's possible. All these things are possible. You know? But we have to be willing. We have to be willing as African people to say it is our responsibility. There's an African proverb that is if you're not chocolate. What you seek, so shall you find. Don't ask for something you don't seek. If you believe in anything, you must fight for it. So we Africans, we must fight for it, no matter how difficult it is, no matter how difficult, we must come to that understanding that, we, that the world needs us. We are feeding the world. We've got that much resources and that much power. The reason why they're fighting to get into Africa is not because we're weak people. It's because we've got something they want. 
But the question is, do we know what that is? Do we know what that is, and are we willing to fight for it and coordinate it and bring it to the fore so all of us can celebrate it, fight for it, and be part of it, grow with each other? The worst thing, I mean, how do you, how does little Ghana or, or Nigeria or, or Cameroon or Niger fight the, 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 the big uh, uh, European nations? How do you do that when you have a little army? It certainly makes more sense if all of your armies were one. Yes. That's how you do it. This is a, Being that's unified. How you, you cannot. Let me tell you something. That, that, you know, I love proverbs. I like using African proverbs. There's another proverb that says, A one-legged man cannot go into battle with a two-legged man. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> we are hopping around on one leg. All those other countries, if they come together, we can function with two legs. But you're trying to fight those who, the European Union, that's one heavy, <laughs> they got all their legs together. They work together. They're not us. And that's because our leadership, our puppets, and those leaders who have the audacity to speak up on behalf of Africa and its people and the maintenance of our resources, they act for equal for equity with the rest of the world to trade with the rest of the world. We don't want aid. Don't give us any more aid. Let us give us the opportunity to trade on equal footing with the rest of the world. You'll be amazed at what Africa would be. Then Africa would not need your aid. But just... then we are the way we are on purpose. Right. But it's time out for that. It's time out for that. It can't mm-hmm. continue. No, and, and I'm going to take a break very shortly, Doctor. When we come back, open up these phone lines so many people can talk with you. I'm going to mention some announcements and so forth, but um, I love your spirit. I love the information that you're providing um, because we're all on the same page if you're, if you're a Pan-Africanist. You know, uh, this program, African Perspectives, is, um, the, this program is about independence, self-determination, liberation, mm-hmm. and sovereignty for African people. The model of this program is Pan-Africanism or perish, unify mm. or die. And that's just as real as we can make it. That is it. There is no other alternative. We like to think so because of the, the theologies that have been imposed upon us. We like to think so because of the political systems that have been imposed upon us. We like to think so because of how we've been undermined and manipulated and scrutinized and divided that we think. But all of those superficial things can go away if your heart and mind is on what's best for African people and doing just that. You know, I, I mean, my, my contention is it's not here for us in the United States. It is not. The majority of our people here in the United States, they don't consider themselves African. There are many of our people who say we're different, we're new. We're a new creature. Because when they were brought here, that, that, that tie has been severed, so they think. That's sad, that's crazy. You know, and and that and that uh, we're black, we're American. You know, but of course we all know 
that you're not because you're marginalized, you're poor, you're relegated to a subservient position, lowest on the economic levels, lower than people who have come here recently. That is our situation. And so for us, globally, with the brothers and sisters on the continent, with the brothers and sisters throughout the diaspora, America included, and South America, Central America included, if we band together, we unify, Africa is our homeland. If you ain't being treated right in Brazil and we're not, if you ain't being treated right in South America and we're not, if you ain't being treated right in the Caribbean and we're not, or anywhere else, then let's come home. Bring your expertise, bring your resources. Let's come home. Let's kick the Chinese out, kick the Europeans out, kick the Arabs out, even in North Africa. Kick their ass out. And let's control and run Africa. And, and Madagascar, that's Africa. So I'm saying these are the things that if we are to be a people in the future, we must begin to build for it. Because otherwise, we're doomed. That's my contention. Yeah. 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 If I, before you go for a break, if I may just make Thank you. one sure. comment. Uh, personally, uh, this is my personal opinion. Um, we, it's a global world. We're not going to be isolated. The problem is the fact that we are not negotiating at an equitable level. We are not in control of the resources, so we cannot negotiate. Right. So we get the short end of the stick, right. you see. Right. Uh, uh, they have. People are buying things from the Europeans at a higher amount than they're paying us for our stuff. They buy from us, and then they sell it at a higher uh, amount, and then we have nothing, you see. Right. So we have to put ourselves at a position of power by being the ones that negotiate our resources. You don't come and take. You don't negotiate for us. We negotiate with you. We shake hands. There's an African proverb here again. It says, That means... Uh, 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 you respect me, I respect you. I it say. goes both ways. I say. That's right. We shake mm-hmm. on it. We shake mm-hmm. on it when we have an understanding. Okay, but I have to understand. And that's what all of this is all about. All the coups is about saying, okay, enough, enough, enough. Well, listen, let me, let me correct something, uh, doctor, because I'm not for isolationism. What I am for is control of Africa's land and Africa's resources to be a player in yes. the world. You know, uh, yes. if, if, if yes. you're China and you want some resources, you will pay fair market value. If you're American, if Thank you're you. Europe, you'll pay fair market value. We want to we want to get into trade. We want to build yes. Africa up. It's cities, yes. it's yes. villages, it's yes. people, the health. There is no yes. I mean, when this cracker says what he says and I look at when he says these things and I look at the, you know, how poor our people are, because. We are not mm-hmm. poor. We're not. No. We are rich. No. But yet, you know, our people are dying. Yes. Our people, we, we don't want to manage what we have because we're fragmented and we're divided. And I'm saying we need to unify. It's the bottom line. 
You need to use That's right. Five. All right, we're going to take a break. Doctor, thank you for holding on. Brothers and sisters, you're listening to African Perspectives here on the Motherland Media Network on timeforanawakening.com and blacktalkradionetwork.com. We'll be right back. You stay with us. You are listening to African Perspectives with host Brother Oshi on Time for an Awakening Media, part of the Black Talk Radio Network. For podcasting or live program scheduling, hit them up at timeforanawakening at gmail.com.
You are listening to Time for an Awakening Media, part of the Black Talk Radio Network. For podcasts or live programming, hit them up at timeforanawakening.com. Welcome back, brothers and sisters. Once again, you're listening to African Perspectives here on the Motherland Media Network on timeforanawakening.com and blacktalkradionetwork.com. Yeah, Kenny Burks, that was uh, keep rising to the top. Give it all you got. He was uh, with um, the Five Stair Steps. Remember the Five Stair Steps? Ooh, child. Yeah. Stair Steps. Let me play this commercial and uh, talk about the conference coming up in Jackson, Mississippi. It's coming. This is to be Black Liberation Movement. Elmer Geronimo Pratt Gun Club presents the 7th Annual Black Liberation Movement Building Power Summit 2023. Building Power Summit, Free the Land, Undivide, and Reclaim, September 15th to the 17th, Jackson, Mississippi, at the historic Black Tougaloo College. Portions of the conference to be aired on Time for an Awakening Media, Black Talk Radio Network. Calling all serious Black power organizations, revolutionaries, organizers to attend this divine experience. For more information, contact Brother Patrick Lumumba, 662-560-5434. Sister Crystal Denise, 405-361-4751. And Brother Nick Bezel, 512-364-0050. That's the 7th Annual Black Liberation Movement Building Power Summit 2023. Yep, next week, next weekend, family, in uh, Jackson, Mississippi, there is no registration fee. And uh, Time for an Awakening will be there. And I'll be there, Brother Clay Cool, and hopefully a few others. And uh, once again, a chance to organize. And I think that, you know, my message, just like uh, when I went to the conference, the National Black Radical Organizing Conference here, Unity in Our Lifetime, back in June, you know, my, my constant message is that we need to organize collectively. We need to organize in the whole theme and purpose is to unify, unify. We need a Pan-African front. We need a Pan-African front. It's the same with the National Black United Front. 
my good brother Kofi Tahaka has been on the program a few times with the National Black United Front. And there's other grassroots organizations and national organizations that, I mean, <laughs> the strongest movement we had, family, was Marcus Mosiah Garvey. When 20,000, 20,000 of our people went to New York in 1921 and started the Universal Negro Improvement Association and, and all kinds of information to say how we're going to organize. And of course, we know the history. We know the history of agent provocateurs, you know, and, and, and Negroes, backstabbers, underminers. We know. We know the leadership. You know, I, I, I understand, you know, Marcus um, Du Bois recognized his, his wayward way, and, and he's buried in, in Ghana at the Du Bois Center. I've been there a number of times. And, and understandable. But when he did what he did, because he believed in the talents of Tiffany, he believed that somehow we can appeal to Caucasians' moral nature. They have no moral nature. They're amoral. They give less than a rat's ass about us or anybody other than themselves. But we believe that we can appeal to them. And our suffering, as I heard one say, our suffering is redemptive. Our suffering can be continuous. It has been. So we're going to get back to the, and, and open up the phone line. So give us a call at 215-490-9832. 215-490-9832. And for those um, who are in the queue, we got a number of you hit star twice so you can get in. Uh, definitely like to hear from Patrick Lumumba and find out how things are going for the conference upcoming this weekend. Uh, also, too, there is a reparations conference here in October. I'll give you more on that information, the reparations conference here in Atlanta at the Georgia State University in October. Um, <laughs> once again, <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm not down. I'm not down with somebody getting some money from this damn government. I'm down with us, us as African people getting money. Because, see, in the word reparations is repair. We need to repair ourselves. Not that we give you some money so you can go out there and stimulate the economy. And you've probably heard me say this a number of times. There was this Caucasian named Charles Kottheimer who was a uh, um, journalist, wrote editorials. I'm not sure if it was for New York or Washington, whatever. didn't matter. But he had an editorial one time saying we gave them welfare. We gave them affirmative action. Let's give them reparations. So after they've got this money, and because number one, they're not going to come together. They're not going to pull the resources. They're going to use this money to buy cars and clothes and so forth. It'll be like a big stimulus package. And after it's done, they ain't gonna, I ain't going to want to hear a damn word from them. We gave you everything, Negroes, and so we'll go on as business as usual. No, reparations is to repair us as a people, to pull those resources, to build schools so we can train our young people, 
to build hospitals on the continent and here and wherever. <laughs> Let me get back to our, our guest, Dr. Uwe, so she can continue. Doctor? Yes, yes, I'm here. All right, thank you, dear. Appreciate that. Thank you. You know, if I may jump in here, something you said that really got me, and uh, it's so real, it's so true, and that is that we need to have a funding for African, uh, Pan-African movement. Yes. What does that entail? Why is that important? If you look around the world, wherever African people are, we're insulted. Uh, in an emergency, we're always the last people to be removed. We're always the last people to have, even our governments come and pick us up, okay? And all over the world, if uh, the Red Cross, if something happens somewhere and the Red Cross asks for money, right? We, we pour money, we give. But we don't seem to have that same passion to help our own people. When yesterday I was watching this video where in Pakistan, uh, African people are being abused to no end. Israel, mm -hmm. the same thing. Mm -hmm. You are just being abused. Yes. You cannot ask for recognition, for respect, if you don't respect yourself. We must think in terms of us, like you indicated earlier, in terms of us, not me, myself, and I. That's what we tend to do. It is time out for that now. We need to think in unison. One sick black child is one too many. Mm -hmm. One Black man on drugs is one too many. One black woman who has no food to eat, that's one too many. We need to look in terms of we. This is us. So that whenever our people are in danger, are having a problem outside of America, or outside of Nigeria, or Ghana, wherever, wherever they are hurting, we see ourselves in them and help them out. Pakistan, they were threatening, these are, they were a, a group of Nigerians, and as a matter of fact, the Nigerians just lost it and said, okay, kill us, kill us, because they were telling them to get out of our country, and they were brandishing guns, they were going to shoot them, they said, go ahead and do that, but mm. they don't respect you, they, they cannot respect you when you don't respect, if our leaders cannot create countries where our people can go home to. That's right, that's right. If you cannot make it possible for us to come home, Human nature is such that you want to survive. And wherever you can survive, that's where you go. It is time for our leaders to open the doors for all of Africans to come home. We want to come home. We want to make a change. We want to be part of that change. But when you're consistently engaged in activities that, 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 that suppresses growth, it's difficult for everybody to come together. So I am just so glad that the awareness, our people are becoming more and more aware. If you invest in social and economic and political power, that's when you get respect. If Africans want to be respected, they must up the ante on our social, economic, and political power because we've got all the means. It's a matter now of us having the mindset for it. Now, I'm going to add something here. We tend to think that our problem is economic. It is, to some degree, and it's political. But the worst thing that has happened to Africans, quite frankly, is that religious mindset. Mm, teach. It is so yes. damaging. 
Yes. It's so damaging because you have to look outside of yourself for power, for strength. You have to look into someone else's vineyard to find your power. And they're not going to be willing to give it to you. Africans have spirituality. Many spiritual, spirituality is empowering. We need to reevaluate. Re Don't throw the baby out with the dirty bathwater. They tell you all these horrible things about African spirituality. And you run. And you go to there. Do you even understand African spirituality? Right where I am, God is? That's the, that's the foundation. The power is right there. You've got the power. But they take that from you and teach you all these things. And you can achieve all your economic power. You can achieve all of that. But if you're mentally subdued, you become vulnerable all over again. It's easy to take the mind of a person who, who's not in charge of their mind. Stephen Biko said to the young South Africans, the most powerful tool in the hands of an oppressor is the mind of the press. They can give you money. They can give you anything you need to, to, to pretend that you're doing very well. But the most powerful tool that they have is that mind. And the African mind has to be released. We have to let go of all these uh, uh, nonsense that we buy into. All this preconceived notion of who God is. Africans have their own. We need our own spirituality. If you're going to ask for your own resources and all of that, then have your own spirituality because that's your power. I say. And the other, thing, the other thing is we must start educating our children. You cannot have, an, you cannot have a, a, a lion. The lions will, a lion will not give its cub to anything but a lioness to, to raise. And the king, uh, the lion, to be right there to protect the pride. But we have our little kings and, and queens, and we give, put them in the lion's den. And somehow you think they're going to come out intact. Of course not. We are responsible for training our children. Set up your own schools and see the value in the schools. Now they're telling us that we can't teach our children about their history. So exactly why are they going to school? What are they learning? If they can learn about their history, whose history are they learning? And how does that make them a whole African? There's so many things that we as African people yeah. must sit down and think about. Your mind, our children's education. I'm excited that uh, we are launching our university, Africa Chiefs University, uh, uh, on the 30th of, uh, of this month. Because the, I am, I'm a professor, and I know when I teach, the books that the children, uh, my students have to read are all Eurocentric. And sometimes I have to make them find the equivalence written by an African person so that they can get an African perspective. When, when, now, when you're doing it this uh, the end of the month, is it going to be located here in the Atlanta area? Yeah, the, the launching is going to be online, yes, yes. Mm -hmm. uh, but the school actually starts in February. But the launching to introduce the university okay. to the community is uh, is on the thirtieth. Okay. Yeah. It's on it's on the Zoom program. Yeah. Oh, I see. I see. Well, uh, I would definitely like you for you to come back uh, to the program and give us some details about the school and so forth, how it can be accessed by people in the community. So when it does open, it it will open with much fanfare. Yes, please. Let me, let, let me know when I can come. It will be my yes. pleasure to return. Thank you. Thank yeah. you so much, Doctor. Yeah. Yep. We have some callers. Just want to take a couple of calls here. Uh, 
Let me uh, get 443, 443, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Baba Oshi, and good afternoon to your guests. Good afternoon. Ma'am, ma'am, uh, my name my name's Irvin Lewis, and I'm located in Baltimore, Maryland. The things that you have said on this show has provoked thought. Thought provokes action. You said you said about education. You said about, about politics. You you said about economics. And the biggest thing that you said on this show was you spoke about religion. You spoke about the get yours on the other side. Uh, somebody's going to come save us. And that all that works together to keep a people colonized and keep them as a second-class citizen or in a substandard state. And, but the young people aren't falling for that in Africa. I yes. went to Senegal and Gambia. I didn't see poor people. I saw working people. I didn't see poor people. I saw people who were are getting, getting through the day, doing what they had to do to get by, but they were standing on top of all the, the, the gold and, and iron and silver in the world, and they're selling this stuff at below market prices to France, and France is turning around and lighting up their, their their country, and they have electricity and all that foolishness, and these people over here sitting in the dark and in the dirt on top of all these things and paying them. When you have someone else's picture on your money, uh, you have someone else that makes your money for you, they control you. And what you just said about the school system was that is the that is the, the core to everything. The reason I think like I think is because I've been indoctrinated and I've been socialized to believe like this. I have been known to believe I if I'm if I'm talking about Africa, then I'm going against the United States. You said something really quickly. I want to get it all in real quick. You said something about democracy. You said create your own democracy. Don't use someone else's democracy. You define what democracy is for your for your country, and that's absolutely right. Because if you use the democracy that they have here in this country, where the police shoot black people when they pull them over, when my heart beats fast, when I get stopped at a traffic stop by a police officer, black or white, that's democracy. That's not the type of democracy that you want, that we want to teach our children. So no, ma'am, you have brought up so many points. You've got my my mind going, the, the, the thinking, and when I think, I do, and everyone else does that also. So, man, thank God for you. Keep doing what you're doing, and I will support anything that you do. Thank you. Baba Oshi, thank you. Oh, thank you, Brother Irv. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Yes. We got some more callers. Uh, Brother Paul. This is uh, Brother Paul from uh, the U.K. Brother Paul. Good, good, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Mother Ochi. Can you hear me? I can hear you very well, my brother. Go ahead. Thank you. Thank you for the great show. Good afternoon to you. Uh, good afternoon. Good morning to your guests. Um, it's always good to hear from um, somebody who's um, actually from the continent or um, part of an ethnic group on the continent. Here in the UK, I'm quite involved with different groups from West Africa, from Nigeria. I've got family who are uh, born in the UK, but grew up in Nigeria, Yoruba, and um, I also have a lot of friends which are Ibu, Palani, and Hausa. And I'm involved in different groups which are part of those groups. And sometimes when I listen to different platforms, I often feel that we're, we're so on different pages. Um, for instance, when I'm involved in certain groups, political groups which are involved in Nigeria, some of the things that people actually say to me I never hear on certain platforms. I do often wonder 
we're in the same reality. But I'm going to ask you this, um, are you guess this? Is your guest familiar with uh, the Nandi Kenners of the, of the um, IPLB? Dr. I'm Owen. so sorry, but I can't really hear him. I didn't get the- she, she didn't get it, uh, Brother Paul. Yeah, sorry. Are you familiar with the uh, Nandi Kanu of the Biafran movement Nandi. in Nigeria? Nandi Kano. Nandi Kano. Is that what we say? Yes. Yes. Nandi Kano. Uh, the, Biafran, the Biafran leader? Yes. Yes, uh, yes I'm familiar with him. I'm, I'm okay. familiar what, with that. Uh, and what, what, what are your views on uh, their stance on uh, separating in a separate Biafran state within Nigeria? What are your views on that? Well, for, first of all, let me say, um, every everyone has this sense that if the Nigerian experiment doesn't come together, then we absolutely must separate, go our separate ways. The only problem I have with that is our strength and power comes from being one big country. Yes. Just that we're talking about we don't need to be broken up any further. It's not going to do us any good to be broken any further. Even though this, the, the premise of the Biafran agitation is, makes sense because of the frustration of the evil, Right. Because uh, when you look at uh, the, the, the election we just had, uh, uh, His Excellency Peter Obi, he was the most qualified, and he actually won that e- election, all right? But because he's evil, right, they refused to give him his mandate. He won exactly. He won so much. They refused to give it to him because of tribalism. But if we are going to solve Africa's problem, we're going to have to pull away from tribalism. Yes. We're all African people. Yes. We're all Nigerians. Do you understand? If we're all going to come together, we can't continue to break us, break, break us, uh, uh, you know, break us up even further. So I, I'm a product of the Nigerian War. When I was a child, we had the Nigerian War. Uh, you don't want that war because for, Nigeria is not, unfortunately, is not going to give Biafra Biafra. Even though because the reason for the agitation means well, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. However, it is not an easy prospect because Biafra has a lot of uh, resources as well. So they are going to be fighting for that. So what we're trying to do is say, okay, Nigeria belongs to all of us. Ibo, Yoruba, Hausa, FC, Bibio, whatever. We have every right to experience Nigeria. We have every right to be able to lead if we are the most qualified to lead. You understand? So I am not. I'm Ibo. Uh, I've gone through the Nigerian Biafran War. It was horrible. It was a horror story. I don't want to see another such tribal wars. It's not pretty. But the bottom line is what he means, what he's trying to say makes sense. But when you look at the bigger picture, as we're talking about creating one Africa, I don't think we do any good breaking up Nigeria. That's just my opinion. I could be wrong. That's my opinion. No, I'm really grateful for that. And it comes across as a very honest um, opinion. Let me just tell you where I stand on it, uh, what I've learned. Um, my, my, my people, uh, I was born in the UK, but my people come from Jamaica. 
Um, like I said, I've got family who, who from the 50s who married who, who are Nigerian, but they're Yoruba. So I've learned a little bit about uh, through family connections about Nigeria, like you know what goes on on the ground. But in but since been been among certain people and 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 speaking to elders who actually fought in the Biafran War as child soldiers or soldiers, speaking to them and then giving me their honest opinion of what happened and how they felt about it and how they feel now, and and even some of the younger agitators as you as you call them. Um, I feel I see things totally different because this is how I see it, listening to them and observing what they say. Funny enough, I find myself in support of what they're saying. You know, I, I don't. If I don't get along with you, you can't force me together. If I don't get along with you, there's nobody on this earth who can force me with you. It's not going to happen. Me personally, it's just not going to happen. And I'm willing to fight for that. And I'm willing to fight brutally for that to the death. Because you can't force me to do anything I don't want to do. And that's the reality with me. But when I listen to them, I, I really appreciate what they're saying. Um, although I, I don't like it, and uh, you know, um, but I, I appreciate what they say. When I hear the stories of the conflicts they've had, some of them who were involved in the conflict and how they feel today, I absolutely feel. And, and the other thing what makes me support their cause is right here in England, right? You, some outside of England call it Europe. But there's no such thing as Europe. There really isn't. You know, the French do not like Germans, and the, the Germans don't like the English, the English don't like, they don't like each other. Right now on the continent we live in, the, the, the Scottish are trying to pull away from the English, the Welsh are trying to pull away. The Irish and the English don't get on, right? So, and you can't force them together. Right now, they have their own parliaments. That's been created in the last five, ten years. They are pulling away. So, the way I observe it, nobody can force people together if they don't want to get on. It's just impossible. And this, we have this altruistic, unrealistic idea that we're all going to unify together. And in reality, it's not going to happen. Because if we don't get on, we have to find a common union where we can mix and enjoy. But nobody can force it together because it's just going to be continual, continual dispute. And that's my observation when I sit among these people and I listen to their stories. That's the way I see it. But despite the fact in our romanticized world, we want this big thing called unity, but we're not prepared to unify the people, meaning that it's going to maybe take some blood to unify the people if we realistically want to do that. That's the way I see it. And if, Brother Paul, the bottom line is either we do it or we perish. And to well, me, we have to try. And, and, if, and, if, and if a war, and if we have to war amongst ourselves, which we often do, you know, unfortunately do, but let it be for that reason. We're trying to say, hey, brothers and sisters, let's come together, let's pull resources, let's unify, let's let's control our land, let's control our resources, let's control our education, let's control our communities, let us build roads, let us build hospitals, let us do things for ourselves, let us be an independent, self-determining people. We say that, we've been saying that for decades, we've been saying that since we got out of there, but the bottom line is, damn saying it, let's do it. Babaoshi, can I, I, not to be rude to interrupt you, one thing when I hear that, one thing I, what I think of, right, um, before we can unify as a people, this is the way I see it, we have to unify firstly in the mind. I don't know if you agree with me or not. I agree. I think you do. I agree. We, we have to unify, right, and, and when you listen, Babaoshi, when I listen and, and when we observe our circumstances, it doesn't matter where we are, in America, Africa, Caribbean, or wherever, 
My parents come from the Caribbean. I've been there. I've grown up in the UK. I lived in America. My family's in America. I've got family in Canada. I've been there too. And I see the same patterns of behavior. I can't lie. I see the same observations, yeah? And we are disunited in the mind. That's where we're disunited. So it's going to be impossible to unite as a people if you're disunited in the mind. And what do I mean by disunited in the mind? Just listen to how some of us speak. You know, if, if we're not disunited in the mind, we don't talk about wrapping ourselves around the flag. That's the first thing we don't talk about. And often too many of us talk about, we talk about, you know, these, these, these narratives you push out there without even realizing, you understand, we become xenophobic. A lot of us are xenophobic. Why? Because we're wrapping ourselves around the flag. That's what we've been programmed. We can't seem to break out of that. So, don't, so when we talk about unifying outside ourselves, first we have to unify in our mind and throw away these narratives which have been indoctrinated into our minds. And we seem not to be able to do that. And that is basic. Okay? I, I listen very carefully to what people say. I listen. These platforms, right? These groups called ADOS and all the rest of them, right? They're, they're not, they're not um, unique. They're just an expression of how the people are. I lived in America. I lived in the African Caribbean community in Brooklyn, uh, how, uh, among the Guyanese. My parents come from Jamaica, even in Jamaica. I hear them how they talk. I hear them. I hear them. Right? And I say, wow, they can't break out of this indoctrination. Okay? And then I listen to the radio, so called African American. It's the same indoctrination going on in Jamaica. Same thing. So I'm saying. When I, I, it's, to me, it seems just like a pie in the sky we're going to unite. Well, we can't even unite around our mind. We don't even have a real identity. we just got the identity what these devils have given us. So all I'm saying is this, yeah? It's quite simple. We have to reach out to each other. We, 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 it's a comfort. It's a pillar of comfortability when we're around our groups, when we're around our neighborhoods, the people we know. That's a pillar of comfortability. We've got to remove that pillar of comfortability and make it uncomfortable. Reach out. We have the technology today to reach out to each other, and it's necessary because we have to learn about each other. Before we can unite with each other, we have to learn who we are. We have to talk to each other. We have to argue with each other. We have to dispute with each other. These things are necessary because we can't unite if we don't know each other. And we've got to stop pretending we're all the same because we're not. And that's a big mistake because we're not all the same. We're not. Okay, bro. I don't know why you think we are because we're not. No, but what we are, we're African. Wherever we are, we're no. African. We've been influenced by the environment that we find ourselves in, and we think ourselves different from others because of those environments. But we don't control nothing. So let me let me get some other uh, calls, uh, brother Paul. You just hang on, okay? Uh, brother Hassan. Brother Hassan, Hassan, uh, Hassan out of Arizona? Yes. Yes, go ahead. Yes, Brother Oshie. Uh, oh, Marcus. it's Brother Marcus. Okay. What's up, Brother, Brother Marcus? Marcus? You know, yeah, greetings to you and greetings to your guests. You know, what your guest said, you know, what you stated about the so-called leaders in Africa. Those people are not really leaders, you know. They are stooges. They are puppets. So we have to get rid of them first before we can make any progress. We can't expect the puppet to make the change because what we have to remember is that in order for a white supremacy or white extremism to, 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 to flourish, it has to recruit from the same group of people that they are oppressing. See, so we have these, these, 
these these Benedict Arnolds, you know, are missed that we have to get rid of first before we can make any progress. We got to clean house. So, you know, uh, I do agree with the sister. It's our minds, and what Brother Paul said, mm-hmm. slavery wasn't the destruction of the body. It was the destruction of our minds. Yes. Yes. And that damage has not been corrected. You, you, we deal with people who are whose minds are reversed 180 degrees. So we have a, a, a monumental task ahead of us is how to correct the mindset of our people. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, it's, it's a daunting task, but it must be done. And we're seeing little changes taking place in Africa. We see little changes taking place where the, in, in those French colonies. Those people are rising up and saying, you know what? Y'all got to get out of here. We're tired of the exploitation. So yes. I, I am happy I see the change taking place. And we just got to keep the, keep the fire burning. Yes. Intensify it. Amplify it as Brother Paul from the pantry. Yes. You know, now is not the time to ease up. Now is the time to apply more pressure. Right. You know what I'm saying? Don't ease Put up. Tighten more, up. No easy up now, put more wood in the fire, you know what I'm saying? Because we got them on the run, so keep them on the run. You know, anyway, I am listening, Brother Washington. Thank you. Thank you, Brother Marcus. Appreciate that. 404, 404, good afternoon. Hello? Yes, go ahead, Sister Bia. Greetings. Greetings. Oh, and and to my doctor, this is Sister Haiba. We work together with hey, I'm blessed to hear you and just want to, you know, send out so much love and appreciation to you. Um, like, uh, I think Brother Irv was on earlier and just say, we, you know, we appreciate you and, and your leadership and, and, you know, want to follow all those great things you do. And so I just wanted to, you know, say Asante, the, the sister is, is a, a true warrior queen. She is, uh, just does so many pivotal and powerful things with the PASM. And so, uh, you know, just wanted to uh, shout out to that. And, uh, you know, we're talking about unity, and I think that what you do, it, 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 it's, it's, a, it's an epitome of the unity that we have. We got more in common than we have different because we are African people. Just like Peter Todd said, no matter where you come from, you're African. So that's right. I say, I say, and and much love, and you know, you know, you, this is an awesome sister. <laughs> we all got on the line. I mean, she is a freedom fighter. She is a, a a real queen. She does so many awesome things and and, and brings us together so much. So, you know, uh, we just give thanks to that. And you know, we wanted people to know that we do have the Pan African Federalist Movement. We um, and Mama Nabantu is 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 one of the chairs for that here and you, you, we meet um we're doing in person and zoom the second saturdays of each month and, you know to give you information but just to, we, we really appreciate you and and it's, it's awesome what you're saying you know and supporting and backing what you're saying about our african education our spirituality and our minds and so and i, I was you know, I had just wanted to ask you about the university that, that you were saying. I know they said we're going to have another uh, show about it, but, you know, it ties into that. And I was wanted to get just a little information about the university that you said you, you're having. You're having the Zoom at the end of the month. 
Okay. Thank you, Sylvia. Yeah. Thank you. So the, the, the university is the, uh, the reason why we, be, we started the university, first of all. It, it's the first university that's based on African spirituality. And so that we, we uh, 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 our focus is to ensure that anybody who graduates from this university is not necessarily going to go out there and work for the Europeans, but to create jobs, opportunities in our own community, but mentally prepare us to understand that we, we go to school not for ourselves, but for our community. We say, my wealth lies in my community. My knowledge is supposed to be used in my community. And so this particular program is going to have lots and lots of books written by Africans. That's what we're going to be using. Our teachers are African, and uh, 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 both Africans here on, in, in America, Africans in Africa, uh, from different African countries. This is the only university where everything about what we teach, we teach from the perspective of the African mind. How do we think about psychology, anything from African perspective? You see, I said earlier, you cannot ask for respect when you don't respect yourself. If you don't like your own thing, don't expect anybody to like you. We're the only people that have things and people come into our house and take our things and go back and sell it back to us and we think we got something new. Knowledge, philosophy, all of those things came from black minds. We need to reinvent that. We need to reintroduce that. We want our students to understand, first of all, the importance of being an African person. Being an African person and what your role is in the world and that your spirituality is powerful. Right where you are, God is. Have that in your mind. And your community is more important than anywhere else you're going to go and set your camp. All right? So we are very excited about it. Uh, we have a cooperation with some other African uh, countries that are going to be uh, engaged in this university. So it is, it's, it's just for me personally, this is what I've done all my life. I've always believed that any academic institution has to be, the framework has to be African. It has to be African. I, as a professor, when I teach and I see my students, and I, sometimes I've got to be honest with you, I get a little embarrassed. I say, what am I, what am I teaching them? What am I teaching them? They're not, they're, not, they're not learning about their Africanness. You know, everything they are learning is a European perspective. Okay. So uh, accreditation is by African people. Everything about this university is African. African precepts in everything. So I'm looking forward to sharing it and presenting a little bit more about it. I hope I, hope I touched, about, touched on it a little bit. <laughs> Are you familiar with the EFI University that they have here? In, um, it's based in um, on the East Coast here, in, I think, in right, New York. Are you at the EFI University? EFI here in America? Yeah. No, I'm not familiar with it. I'm not yeah, familiar with it. I need some it. more information about it. I, I, I know someone that's, that's studying EFI in that university. So, okay. And I would love to work with them. I say, I my sister, that's you. We love you. <laughs> All right. Love to work with you. All right. Okay. Uh, okay. Uh, well, my brother, he, he hung up. I was coming up to him next. That's uh, Brother Patrick Lumumba for the conference coming up. Uh, brother Irv, 443. 
Baba Oshi, thank you for letting me just pop back in really quickly. This the sister that you have on is is simply amazing. Let's let's just say that and get that out the way. Sister, you yes. said you talk you I'm so serious. You talk about education. I believe that is the cornerstone for everything that you're talking about. If we don't uninstall the program that is in the minds of our youth, come on now. If we don't uninstall and, and, and then install a new program, and it's not new. We, we know about, I know about my African culture because I seek that knowledge. So we need, when you say teaching, and the, and, and, and the trump card here, my sister, is the Internet. The Internet, you, I'm, I can talk to you in Africa right now in real time and look at you yeah. while I talk to you. So not only can I hear you, I can see your mannerisms. And that's very important when you're teaching. So, sister, yeah. you talk about education, all the rest of it, to me, it matters. But if you don't have the mind, to, to, it, now, to me, uh, knowledge is knowing what to say, but wisdom is knowing when to say it. And, sister, right. you are, when you talk about the school and, and, and you say, I'm going to teach these children, how African they are, because African is Africa's in you. It's in all of us. We all come from Africa. So you're teaching, and, and I'm just, I'm excited. I'm excited because the, the talk about unity, you don't, you, the United States uses the word the United States of America. That's to remind them that they're united, okay? Because this, these, the people here, they are not mixing. It's like a salad bowl. Nothing in the salad ever mixes. You just eat it all together. The United States is the same way. We're we're not uh, oh we look united, but we're not. We move in lockstep when some moves when some moves someone moves towards us, and that's how I feel. When my African brothers in tr- in trouble, I'm in trouble. If you're doing bad, I'm doing bad. It's not a it's not a I thing. It's a we thing. And if we don't start to indoctrinate our children to believe that, we will continuously say, "Oh, I'm so glad I got this big old job and I'm making all this money, but I am not happy." Because if my people aren't happy, I'm not happy. So no, my sister, yes. I, I love what you're saying. I love what you're saying. The education piece is the biggest is the biggest thing you can do. You can have all the money in the world, but when you said it's on the internet, I I can look at it. I can see it, and I'm not with you. And that's the power. The power is us yes. coming together, and we are united. We can have any type of defeatist attitude that we want. We can separate ourselves on height. Light skin, dark skin, you can separate yourself on anything. But you also can bring yourself together yes. because there's one thing that yes. we have in common is that, that we are African. Yes. And I say that yes. that way because I wanted to, to, to impress you that fact that I know who I am. And I need my children to know who they are. They're Africans. It may not be popular. It may not sound good. But that's what you are. That's where you come from. Thank you, my sister. Bob Oshie, thank you for letting me pop back in. Right I on, really brother. appreciate it. Thank you thank for you those too. comments. Thank you, brother. I share. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> you know, um, there, there is an, another African proverb, and it says, That means there is no pride that you have all of this, that your mother is naked in the street. Mm. Our mother is Africa. Mm-hmm. Our mother is our African community. Yes. Yes. There is no pride or dignity that we are driving fancy cars, we're living in mansions where our community, which is part of our mother, are naked in the streets. That is right. power. Again, I'll keep saying it. When you start to love yourself, start to respect your community, start to treat your community with dignity, 
and expect all the people to to feel uh, to to respect you because of what you're showing, because you're showing your 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 respect for yourself. That's when people start respecting you. People will never respect Africans when until we start respecting ourselves, until until we start valuing ourselves, valuing everything our own, our scarifications, whatever makes us African. Don't apologize for being African. When you start doing that, that's when others can respect you. No, that is so necessary. I mean, they don't need to validate. We don't need validation. We need to validate ourselves. Right. When you validate yourself, then others can can feel that they, have, they understand now why they're validating you because you're already validated. That's but right. you're seeking their validation. That's right. So, so anyway, yes. I thank okay. that gentleman for his Oh, no doubt, no home. doubt. Let me get my brother here, Patrick Lumumba, 662. Good afternoon. Yeah, brother Oti, how you doing? I'm doing well. Appreciate you allowing me the opportunity. Yes, yes, yes. I was just thinking about because we supposed to have Father Dume and Faith. He was coming, uh, but they said that we had to go to Cameroon, and he didn't want to contradict. I'm trying to fix that, that, that possibility, but he was anxious to come to Mississippi to the Tower Summit because of how powerful the idea merged with the idea of the Black Liberation Movement and what it was that we were doing. So I even reached out to the sister uh, that we've been listening to uh, to talk about how do we link the efforts of the, 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 the African, you know, I'm just going to say the African, in the Western Hemisphere, in Mississippi, I wanted to meet the ideology, the philosophy, the agenda of what it was we were doing here in Mississippi that's so succinct with the idea of the Pan-African Federalist Movement. And we wanted to have Baba Andango uh, down here real time so that we can express the thing. And one thing, the brother was just right about the internet, but it's one it's one thing that I really, really drive hard, Baba Ocean, is that we come together and we look and we feel each other. And that's why the Black Liberation Movement uh, power Summit is so powerful of an experience. It's not an event. It's an experience. So we can come together and be asking and be strong and talk mm-hmm. about how we build this power. So I have enjoyed thoroughly the show today. Thank and you. And I'm looking forward to the Power Summit in Jackson, right. Mississippi, brother. I'm looking forward to it. I learned a lot today. Right on. Thank you, Brother Lumumba. Appreciate you. Appreciate you. Yes, sir. Yes, All sir. right. We're going to... Uh, Give these last few minutes to our guest, Dr. Uwe, and um, and under, and help us understand how important it is for us to come together. She has been outstanding today. I think most of the callers would all agree. And um, so at this time, my sister, let me give you these last few minutes before we close out. Thank you so much. Again, thank you for having me. Uh, on this show, I too have learned a lot from some of your callers and certainly from all that you have shared today. I just wanted to say that uh, the era of us being dependent on other people to show us the light is over. We already have the torchlight. It's now us, for us to shine it so other people can be guided the right direction. We have the capacity to build up our uh, Africa, to build up our African-American communities. We have the responsibility, if you will, 
to ensure that our children understand who they are by the training that we provide them. It is not up to anybody to train our children. It is up to us. It is not up to anybody to build our communities. We must have unity. That is the key thing, unity. And we don't have any more room for breaking up Africa. Africa must come together. We must come and define ourselves, speak for ourselves, and not have other people do it for us. We must learn how to work together, how to, 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 uh, to uh, um, trade with each other from one African country to the other. African-Americans going to Africa and without the need for a visa. I think every African country should open the boundaries for the borders for Africans to come from the United States without needing a visa because that's what they do with everybody else. We need to be able to shop with each other, to learn from each other. We have a responsibility to determine what it is that we want for Africa. What do we want? How do we go about making Africa great again? Because it used to be great. Yes. We are yes. talented people. We've got everything necessary to make Africa great. We have to believe in ourselves and our ability to make this happen. We need to hold hands across nations and understand Africa is our nation, Africa, I mean, our, our continent. All the resources belong to us. If we want to, want to share it, let us share it and make sure it's equitable. But first and foremost, it is imperative that anybody who steps their foot onto the African soil has to understand, not anymore are we going to be the ones that you take from. We are going to share with you, but on our terms. Africa is ready to rise. Question is, are we ready to rise with it? Thank you so much for having me. Thank you, I say. We appreciate that outstanding family. I appreciate you. We end this program like we end all of our programs with the words of Stephen Biko. The most potent weapon in the hands of the oppressor is the minds of the oppressed. This program is dedicated and committed to helping to free the African mind. But not just the M-I-N-D, but the M-I-N-E. Because under the feet of African people lies all of the resources that everybody wants, think they can't do without, and sure in hell don't want to pay for Brothers and sisters, you have a blessed and wonderful weekend. Be safe. Shem Hotel means go in peace. Asante Sana means thank you. And Bibi Vahodier, Bibi Vahodier means our victorious destiny. Brothers and sisters, we will be victorious. Peace, family. Be safe.